Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. time it is when you hear that song or that siren it's time for frank's power play frank go ahead and take it away and make sure no copyrighted music is played during this so we don't lose the live feed on the facebook which i'm trying to get shared multiple platforms but well then, here's the thing it was it was a glitch they said they made made their bad okay well facebook said that yeah. okay well at least they owned up to it but yes. anyways Getting to the meat and potatoes, trade deadline was on Monday, and there were some trades that went down after we went off the air last week. I think the Minnesota Wild acquired Nick Delorier from the Anaheim Ducks for a 2023 third-round pick, but the Ducks weren't done, as they sent defenseman Hampus Lindholm and Cody Curran to the Boston Bruins for... A 2022 first rounder, a 2023 second rounder, a 2024 second rounder, and a pair of defensemen, Erho Vakanainen, I'm probably butchering that one right now, and John Moore. All right, and then another trade that went down the Philadelphia Flyers sent their captain and the man who just played a thousand NHL games, Claude Giroux, who to the Florida Panthers along with. Connor Bunneman and Armand Rubstov and a 2025 fifth round pick and get Owen Tippett, a 2024 first and a 2023 third in return. The Panthers weren't done making deals. Hills on Sunday, they acquired defenseman Robert Hogg or Hague from the Buffalo Sabres for a 2022 sixth round pick. The Toronto Maple Leafs acquired defenseman Mark Giordano and left winger Colin Blackwell from the Seattle Kraken for a 2022 second-round pick, a 2023 second-round pick, and a 2024 third-round pick. A few other moves. The Vancouver Canucks sent Travis Hamnick to the Ottawa Senators for a 2022 third-round pick. Steve Eiserman was making some moves as he sent pending free agent defenseman Troy Stetcher to the LA Kings for a 2022 seventh round pick. More on him later. Steve, that is. And then the Canucks, they get Travis Dermott from the Maple Leafs for a 2022 third rounder. Tampa Bay Lightning get Nick Paul from the Senators for Matthew Joseph and a 2024 fourth rounder. The Kraken were still selling. They, got, they took Jeremy Lazan and sent him to the Predators for a 2022 second-round pick. The Dallas Stars addressed their goaltending need as they got Scott Wedgwood from the Arizona Coyotes for a 2023 fourth-rounder. The Coyotes also got unsigned prospect Jack McBain from the Minnesota Wild for a 2022 second-rounder. Mason Appleton, former Michigan State Spartan dog, returns to the Winnipeg Jets from the Seattle Kraken for a 2023 fourth-round pick. The Jets also weren't done as they sent defenseman Nathan Bullio to David the Man of God Harris's Pittsburgh Penguins for a 2022 seventh-rounder. 
And they also got a 2022 fourth rounder from the Arizona Coyotes to take on Brian Little's dead cap hit. More deals. Marcus Johansson returns the Washington Capitals from the Kraken. In return, the Kraken get Daniel Sprong, a 2022 fourth rounder, and a 2023 sixth rounder. The Kraken also retain 50% of of Johansson's salary. Your Blackhawks, Derek, they ended up dealing one of David's former boys, the flower, Marc-Andre Fleury, to the Minnesota Wild for a 2022 first-round pick. That pick is actually con- is actually a second-rounder, but it is conditional and becomes a first if Minnesota makes the conference final and Fleury wins at least four games in the first two rounds. Um, let's see. A few other notable trades. The Rangers get defenseman Justin Braun from the Flyers for a 2023 third rounder. The Edmonton Oilers get Brett Kulak from the Montreal Canadiens for defenseman William Lagason. And a 2022 second rounder and a 2024 seventh rounder. Her, her, the Canadians weren't done. They also got defenseman. And Justin Barron from the Colorado Avalanche, along with the 2024 second rounder for Arturi Lekkonen. And Steve was still making moves for the Red Wings as he sent Nick Letty, a defenseman, and Luke Witkowski to the St. Louis Blues for Jake Wallman, Oscar Sundquist, and a 2023 second round pick. Steve actually got more for Nick Letty than what he gave up for him. Eyes are playing in action, ladies and gentlemen. Avalanche also get Andrew Cogliano from the San Jose Sharks for a 2024 fifth-round pick. Uh, Zach Sanford goes from the Senators to the Jets for a 2022 fifth-rounder. Andrew Hammond, remember him, the Hamburglar, played his hockey at that school down south. (laughs) Well, he was on the move again. He goes to the New Jersey Devils from the Montreal Canadiens for Senator Nate Schnarr. Anthony Potato traded from the New York Rangers to the San Jose Sharks for Nick Merkley. Tyler Mott traded to who the Rangers from the Canucks for a 2023 fourth. Right before the deadline, David the man of God Harris's Penguins were making moves. They get Ricard Raquel from the Ducks for a 2022 second rounder. Left winger Zach Aston Reese, right winger Dominic Simon, and goaltender prospect uh, Callie Klang. Other moves. Derek Broussard goes from Philadelphia to Edmonton for a 2023 fourth-round pick. Flyers retain 50% of Broussard's salary. And some other trades that came in after the deadline, but there was a holdup on the trade line. I don't know how that works if they're just old-fashioned. Max Domi traded from the Columbus Blue Jackets to the Carolina Hurricanes along with defenseman Tyler Inamato. In exchange for Aiden Reeschuk, the Florida Panthers also were part of this deal as they acquired forward Igor Kork- Korshkov from Carolina, a 2022 sixth rounder from the Columbus Blue Jackets, and retained 25% of Domi's contract. And Steve Eiserman still wasn't done as he sent Vlad Domestikov to the Dallas Stars for a 2024 fourth round pick. Your Blackhawks still made moves. They got... Ryan Carpenter sent him to Calgary for a 2024 fifth rounder. Tampa Bay Lightning added Riley Nash from the Coyotes for future considerations. 
Don't know what those are. The Winnipeg Jets got, they sent Andrew Kopp, a left winger, to the New York Rangers along with a 2023 sixth round pick for center Morgan Barron, a 2022 second rounder, a 2023 second rounder, and a 2023 fifth rounder. And those are two conditional second round picks. One of the second round picks could turn to a first if the Rangers win two rounds of the playoffs and Andrew Kopp plays 50% of the playoff games. The other second round pick can be Winnipeg's option in 2022 or 2023. Victor Rask was traded to the Seattle Kraken from the Minnesota Wild for future considerations. And that's pretty much all the trades of note. Although there was one trade I did not mention where Evgeny Daninov was traded from the Vegas Golden Knights to the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, crap. Didn't go through. Why, you might ask? Well, because apparently Anaheim was on his no-trade list. And that wasn't communicated properly, so the NHL nullified the trade. And the Knights are pretty much stuck with his $5 million cap hit. And they're already in cap hell because they took on Jack Eichel's $10 million cap hit hit this offseason. So who knows what Vegas is going to do now uh, uh, once uh, they get all that stuff cleaned up. Take a look at some stat leaders. Connor McDavid still leading the way in points with 95 Leon Dreisaitl, second with 90. Jonathan Huberdeau, 88. Johnny Gaudreau, fourth with 85. Kyle Connor, rounding out the top five with 82 points. On the goal-scoring front, Austin Matthews, 46. Dreisaitl and Chris Kreider tied with 44. Kyle Connor and Ovi with 41 each. Those are the only ones over the 40-goal mark. On the assist front, Huberdeau leads that with 67. Roman Yossi leading all defensemen with 61 assists, and he actually leads all defensemen with 79 points total, Well, and currently sits 8th in the NHL in scoring hang among all skaters, so there's talk that he could easily get to, possibly get to a 100-point season for a defenseman, which is pretty rare. We'll see what happens. On the Sticking on the defenseman front, behind Roman Yossi in points is Kale McCarr, the Avalanche, Adam Fox, the Rangers, Victor Hedman, and Aaron Ekblad. Goal scoring, McCarr leads that with 24, Yossi has 18, Hedman 17, Ekblad and Devontae's 15 and 12. Goaltending, Freddie Anderson leading the NHL in goals against average with 2.07, followed by Jeremy Swayman. 2.09. 2.09. Markstrom, Jacob Markstrom, 2.10. Igor Shesterkin, 2.11. Ilya Sorokin, 2.29. Save percentage, Shesterkin, 0.936. Sorokin, 0.927. Markstrom, 0.927. Anderson, 0.926. Swayman, 0.925. And Markstrom still leading in shutouts with 9. Behind rookies, Michael Bunting, whether you want to consider him a rookie or not, he's still leading it with 49 points. Lucas Raymond of the Red Wings, 48. Trevor Zagers of the Ducks, 47. Mo Sider of the Red Wings, 42. Anton Lundell. Hell of the Panthers, rounding out the top five with 38. Goals, Taron Jeanette leading of the Predators with 21 goals to lead all rookies, followed by Bunting and Raymond, who are tied with 20. Raymond is actually the first 20-goal scorer in, of a rookie that the Red Wings have had since Dylan Larkin. And, and he could e- he could easily surpass what Henrik Zetterberg set at 23. 
three, and possibly if he has a pre-tour end of the season, could break Sergei Fedorov's rookie record of 31. We shall see. So, moving on to the standings. As I mentioned last week, I think your playoff picture in the East is pretty well set, as I believe that's David calling in right now. I'll get him in after this. In the Metropolitan Division, the Carolina Hurricanes are leading the way with 91 points, followed by David's Pittsburgh Penguins in second with 88, and the New York Rangers in third with 87. The Atlantic Division... It's Cat Scratch Fever, the Florida Panthers. First place, 92 points, followed by the Toronto Maple Leafs with 85. Oh, but here comes the Boston Bruins like The Undertaker. 85 points, and I'm sure that the Leafs want to avoid them in the playoffs by all means. Wild cards being held down by the Lightning and the Capitals. And the Capitals have 82 points, and the Blue Jackets are... 14 points behind them. It's going to take a lot of luck and a lot more luck for anybody below to make up any ground to get in as you're pretty much well past less than 20 games left. I don't see anything happening unless some team absolutely poops a hammer. But the Montreal Canadiens have been the first team to be mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Over in the West, the Colorado Avalanche... First place in the Central, first place in the NHL, 97 points. Two more wins gets them to 100. Followed by the Minnesota Wild, who are a distant second place in the Central Division with 80 points, and the St. Louis Blues with 79. In the Pacific, Calgary Flames leading the way with 86, followed by the LA Kings, 79, Edmonton Oilers, 77. Wild cards currently being held by the Nashville Predators and Dallas Stars, but the rest of the picture in the West is a lot tighter than the East. The Golden Knights only a point out at 74. Jets are three points out despite being sellers at the deadline. And the Canucks kind of did a little bit of a mix of selling and buying. They're only four points out, but who knows what's going to happen there. Ducks are ten points out despite selling off a lot and then followed up with the Sharks, Blackhawks, Kraken, and Coyotes to round it out. On this Saturday, the 26th day of March... That'll do it for my power play. And also, before we end it, today is the 25th anniversary of Fight Night at the Joe, where the Detroit Red Wings and Colorado Avalanche met. And let's just say there was a. It basically turned into UFC on ice, and it would have made Dana White very proud. <clears throat> just look it up on YouTube, search Fight Night at the Joe. And I know up at Fifth Avenue in Royal Oak today. Hey, Darren McCarty and Claude Lemieux, the two main guys from that, are hosting a Q&A. They're going to re-watch the game, re-watch the fight. I have a big deal up there. Fifth Avenue, Royal Oaks today, 5 o'clock. Shameless plug. Wish I could go, but unfortunately I got work in the morning. So, Oh, really? But that, that does it for my power play on this Saturday, the 26th day of March in the year of our Lord, 2022. Okay, nice. That was good, uh, uh, Frank. As you know, we do get always do this all the time for you. Yeah. We buy so many different things from shoes to socks. So, uh, what were you going to involve David in? I think we we're going to at least ask. I just wanted to at least ask his take on uh, 
on what uh, the Penguins did since he's the Peng- he's our resident Penguins fan. Hold on. What about this? Yeah, so we got that for you. But we're going to try to get David the Man God Harris here. He did call in on the phone lines. We'll talk a little Penguins, and then we'll we'll move on. And, uh, David, what were your thoughts? Well, well first of all, it's, it's funny that, you know, it's been 25 years and neither the Avs or the Red Wings have really put up a fight in the NHL. So, Well, the, yeah, the Avs are currently in first place, the Central Division. Where are the Red Wings at? Red Wings are currently uh, – no, they're Getting ready to fire everyone again, according to Frank's Twitter. Right. Exactly. Well, they, they they need to. I mean, they're not. They're not. They're I dense. mean, granted, they're not in the wall. They're not as bad as the Montreal Canadiens are. Well, the Canadiens are already eliminated, but I think the Red Wings are tenth. Well, in the East, they're tenth. No. Okay, that yeah, sounds about right. right. But yeah, I do. I oh, I have said changes do need to be made. Why? Be, you got to, all the, You said believe in the Iser plan. Blash will get fired. You did. You do this all the time. Every sport, Frank, you're running to fire somebody. Well, what, 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 who's it now? Who's going to get? Who's going to get? It's got to be Blashill. He's been the coach for seven years. Yeah, has one trip to the playoffs, one playoff win. Could it just be the talent? Maybe. Yeah. You, is you, that on coach or is that on like ownership and management and? Development. Because you said Babcock had to go. Babcock had to go. I didn't say Babcock had to go. Babcock left on his own. But you were saying that this wasn't appropriate last few years. You said fire this person, fire that person. The only one I've said needs to be fired was Blaschel. (sighs) Believe in the Iser plan. Steve's got, look. Who was the GM before that? Ken Holland. Thank God he is not. He's currently. And I do have to say this. Because but, but, Frank, it seems like the Red Wings are still in the same spot now that Holland's even gone. They're back in the same position. I still mean, look, they're, not, hockey, they're, right? not in the bo- they're not at the bottom of the barrel of the East. Uh, and because, look, there is talent there. You've okay. got foundational pieces there with Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond. Steve has shown that he can draft well, and he's been showing a willingness to make trades to get better. But once I've watched some of the games this season, there's a clear lack of effort. Her and that falls squarely on coaching. I do remember. Why does that fall on coaching? He's not out there playing. Why does it have to fall on coaching? He's the man with the clipboard. And I heard in, in, in NHL hockey, really, the coach is almost irrelevant. But go ahead. How's that? If someone's not putting out great effort, you blame the coach? Well, guys aren't playing for the coach. But in professional sports, you kind of play for yourself a little bit because you're getting paid and you need to be a professional. But at the same time, though, too, you got to have some pride for you and your teammates. If you're not playing for a coach, I mean, you know, you kind of be looking inside yourself. So by that by that logic, if a team isn't performing well, then just leave stuff go and it just gets worse and worse. Then you have problems or get rid of the players. Well, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, I know it doesn't work that way, but 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 somebody again, somebody's got to be the fall guy. Somebody has to be the fall guy. So then you go and you bring in another guy, and you get the same results. Then what? You're gonna fire that guy too? That's just you the nature of the- fire the owner. <laughs> Frank, this is I not mean, making look, any sense. Let me look. I have my own thoughts about Chris Illich as an owner, Aaron. I've said them on this show many times. But look, <laughs> who are you firing? 
It, Jeff Blaschel has got to go. I thought he should. I I mean, look. Just like Jim Caldwell with the Lions. Problem with Caldwell was he never made good in-game decisions. What did Patricia do? Was even a bit was a bigger clown show. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Frank. Once again, can you just admit it that maybe, just maybe, it's maybe the GM and possibly the talent that they got. So you yeah. want me to start blaming Steve Eiserman? Possibly. Yeah. The same Steve Eiserman who built a uh, cup can, a cup winning team in Tampa. I'm sorry, Steve's got Steve's got a much better resume. Hey, and showing that he can build a contending team, and he knew that it was going to take time because he had to tear it down the sticks. Well, he's put some, he's basically put his fingerprints in. He's cleaned out a lot of the bad contracts. He's cleaned out a lot of the dead weight. Well, somebody's got to be the fall guy by your logic. Why not him? It's got to be Blashill because the first half of the season, this team actually looked good. They looked like they could be a playoff team. I even said it on these airwaves. Well, second half of the season, things aren't doing so well. And yeah, some recent, they have any injuries? There's only one, and it's not that they did lose Robbie Fabry to a knee injury, but it's not like he's the. But he's not like an MVP candidate or anything of that nature. But does he do a lot for the team? He contributes a little bit here and there. But he does not make the team. He, but one injury does not make a whole team. Mm, yeah, he's not a he's not the face of the franchise. Who's Come the face on of now, the fran- franchise. That's Dylan Larkin. Okay, how's he doing? He's actually been having a pretty decent year. Okay, I mean the same. I've said the same thing about Cider and Raymond. They're two of the top rookies in the NHL. Hell, they've been performing well, but it's at the it's at the point. We're coming up on almost. This is basically let's see, nineteen twenty. The Iser plan is going to be going into year four. Okay. Or there has been progress made in a lot of areas. Okay, what's that? Because you're not you're seeing think players are playing better. You have better talent in there. But when the first half of the season you're showing, hey, this has got there's possibility this team could be a playoff team, and then Second, then cut scene, you go and get blown out of the building by the worst team in the NHL in Arizona, 9-2, to two, with zero effort. When was that? And Steve, this happened uh, This happened a few weeks, a couple weeks ago. Okay. And Blaschel was yelling at the guys at the bench. Nobody seemed to be interested. And... Steve was showing up at the press box looking visibly pissed off. So a random game in March we're worried about in professional hockey. That wasn't just that. There was plenty of other games, too. But what? I mean, David, what are you thinking here while he looks these games up? I mean, I mean, like part of it is, yes, you need to have the talent. And yes, part of it's coaching. But at the same time, it seems like kind of the problem with Detroit is, is the organization. Like, on one hand, you want, you you know, the face of the franchise, kind of legend. You bring in Eisenman, he's going to turn everything around. And then, yes, like, it sometimes takes longer for certain plans to stick in place than others. Like, does it stink that Detroit seems like it's still in this hamster wheel, even though managed, you know, new faces? Yeah, but 
some franchises would kill to be in a position like Detroit is where it looks like there's a plan in place rather than we're just going to throw darts at the wall and see what sticks. But like, uh, you just never know. Like next season, it could be kind of that magical turnaround, and then there could be a situation to where you're deep in the playoffs. You just never know. Now, granted, that deals with player development, that deals with some of the prospects that come in, and the farm system that deals with draft. But then it's also just injuries and fit. Mm-hmm. So Steve, like, I mean, look, Steve has dra- Steve is drafted very well. Does that leave the bat Blashel getting fired? It's going to have to because he's, be- he's been an NHL head coach for seven years. His win percentage is in the 30s. Name one other but, professional but, but sports he, team but, that would keep a head coach with a win percentage in the 30s after seven seasons. I'll hang up and listen. Well, the fact of the matter is also in those first four of seven years, he had straight doo-doo garbage players. So, yeah, he's going to lose. He I also mean, had an overly loyal GM in charge, too. But but the fact is, you're you're saying this, but as you know, this, you're saying, you're giving you're kind of contradicting yourself. You're saying believe in the Iser plan. He has to build it from the Iserman has a this lot is more for, credit Frank, with Frank, everybody. Frank, listen, you said do the Iser plan, okay? So this is year four, right? It's gonna be uh, he's coming up th- in April. This is the thir- this is the third year. This is the third year. So uh, he's built it from the ground up. Blashell's been part of those years. Think about it. If he's building every, if they win, just said we're going to blow this up and we're going to uh, just just be bad. Well, that's the reason why Blashell's winning percentage is bad. He stuck around for the blow up, so obviously he's going to have bad years. You can't blame it on Blashell if he's actually putting his neck on the line for a rebuild job. Everyone knows that in the NHL, he said, "Okay, Iser plan. We're going to do this. I'm blowing it up." All right, cool. Most coaches probably would have had egos and said, nah, I'm not going to stick around for this. I'm not going to stick for this losing. It's going to make me look bad. But he said, you know what, I'll stick around for the young dudes. And he did that. So you can't really blame all of Blashell if the organization's plan was, we're going to start from scratch. Here we go. He doesn't have any talent. You can't win if you don't have any talent, Frank. You need some talent. I'm going to call BS on that. Why is that BS? He's got talent now. Were they being competitive? And just like David says, some teams would want to be where, where the Red Wings are at right now. Have they made that peak of that turnaround giving up, yet? Giving up, uh, giving up uh, six goals at least ten times in a season? Yeah, at least that's part of the process, Frank. You know the team is young. You, you can't. Know you blew you, that I, I'm sorry. I've heard, you, I've heard enough of that because it's got. How's it the coach then? You Coach is who it ultimately falls any, at. You don't have any talent, Frank. Just face uh, it. They you have do, a, too, have talent. They have young talent in a grown man's league. You're going to get the bumps and bruises. It's like all and the pro it, leagues. And then it's also like, um, it's also as though, like, yes, Detroit has talent, but it's not as though they're in a bubble where no one else has talent. <laughs> like, a lot of other teams have really good talent, talented players as well, and you're so yeah, I'm just supposed to go and make excuses? Nobody's making excuses, but you need to be rational. I mean, every time something goes wrong, you're ready to hit the fire button. You're like Donald Trump. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. When you're you fired. don't <laughs> perform well for seven seasons, 
What did I just say, Frank? I don't care. You, so, so then, Bab, so Blashill just sat there. He pretty much took on an expansion team. First off, he you, didn't take it, on it, an it, expansion it, team. It is an expansion. You just said they blew it up and took it to the sticks and the bones and tried to build up the foundation. That is an expansion team. Heck, I mean, heck, even the Golden Knights probably drafted a little bit better than the Red Wings as an expansion team. But basically, you took on a minor league team, Frank, against the best of the best pros. And he's been the head coach for seven years. And then the four years before that, it was a mess with, uh, uh, what's his face, with Holland. So he's been with and Holland, you can, you and you blamed him. He, Holland was giving him the ingredients. The ingredients were bad. So now you want to blame Blashill when he stuck with Holland, as you said, as a bad GM, and Iserman, who's over here trying to put together a team. It takes time. He's really put his neck on the line for this organization. Yeah, you said you just said Holland was bad, so he he was coaching through all that mess. Then he said, you know what, Iserman's here. Stick with the Iser plan. He's trying to build it up brick by brick. That's where he's at. But at what point are we past blaming the predecessor? Holland's been gone for three years, and a lot of the bad, and pretty much every bad contract he signed players to when he was here is gone. Okay, so now you're getting to the point where you're going on the trajectory of going up. But it took a while to get rid of the bad contracts, and it took a while to try to get your players in place. Meanwhile, uh, Blashell keeps getting the losses. So now you're going to blame him for all those losses when they're actually trying to rebuild something? So he gets the blame for that. He, you, you could only coach what you got, Frank. I mean, come on, man. It's the only thing you can do. He stuck around. I just said, hey, I'm going to try to build this up. It's going to take some time. This is into the third season. The first two seasons you already knew off rip was going to be straight trash. So, but when you, why but you year, th- year three, year three, what? Year I three, expected you're not in the playoffs. a step forward. They did. They it? showed it in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. They were in contention for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And what happens? Everybody, everything just goes to hell in a handbasket because they're a young team. They're a young team doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? It does matter. It's a grown man's league, just like any professional league. You're not going to win with young players. Look at the Houston Rockets. They're awful. It's all young play. You're not going to win. It's a grown man's league. You got to be in the league at least three or four years learning. I how wasn't to win. expecting them to make the playoffs this year. I was I think expecting right at the them right spot. to challenge for a spot. Eleventh. But they are consistently. 11th. They're eleventh. Will you let me finish? Consistently giving up six goals or more on a regular basis is not good. That's not a sign of progress. That's regression. David, I, I, I just I think they've made progression. They're not at the bottom of the league. They're not the Montreal and Canadiens. La- and look, at the I'll same even time, say last year, year, I was fine with Blashell sticking around provided that he was willing to put a bullet in some of his assistant coaches. He did. He fired Dan Bilesma. You just want to fire people. Just put the blame on somebody. Okay, that's just how it works in professional yeah, sports. If you really. don't perform, you get fired. And then Eiserman needs to get fired. He's not going to Why? be. He's not performing. You you just he's said got because cre- he's got oh, credibility. But, so he's going by past credibility of what happened in Tampa, but not in Detroit. 
I mean, which which story is it? You want the hot and ready right now. Iser plan has been for three years. We'll fire Blashel because it's supposedly you're not getting the results that you want, and it's regressing because but, he's but, a part of the previous regime. So, Eisen he's got to go. So why is he got to go? So what's going to change when you bring in someone else? What happens if it happens again this year? I mean, once again, here's that changing of well, the guard. That, you know what? Just changing, getting coaches, and not no stability. Not my problem. Well, it is because then next no, year you're going to try to say fire Eisenman if he gets in a new no. coach and it doesn't work. Why? Because he's got credibility and you love him. I mean, come on, we got to. We got to. He stick, would have to do some, stick to something. He would have to do something incredibly egregiously stupid. So then, then, then blame the new coach. Then that's what we'll do. We'll blame the new coach. Blame him. He's got to be. He's got to be somebody. Has got to take the fall. If you if you get rid of Blashill, you bring in the new. And coach. And I said this about Blashill several times. Times and I've said this about other NHL head coaches who succeeded at lower levels. They get to the big time. They flop. There are countless AHL success stories who flopped to the NHL, and they have all been fired. Yet one of them still has a job, and he hasn't been performing very well. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you just—it's just what it is. I, I, I understand, Frank, and you know somebody's got to take the fall. I get it. I get it. You're fired. Like that. Like I said, just, just, just give it to everybody. You're, You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. I prefer the Vince McMahon drama. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You know, just, just fire everybody, man. As a matter of fact, Frank, why don't you go up there and put in your application? You know, you'll do a better job. Oh, I should put my application because I have an opinion about it. Yeah. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Right, David? Uh, you could probably say that to uh, just about every other Red Wings fan. I mean, I, I just it just seems like you'll never be pleased, Frank. I mean, it's always... Because I hate thing. ineptitude! But the, but the thing is... Show me somebody who loves ineptitude! But the thing is, where's the consistency? You did this with the Lions. Fire this guy. Fire that guy. They fire that person. It's the same old result. Same old song and dance. Well, that's and because that the Lions guy, are a bad organization. So now it's the organization's fault, so... So is it the Red Wings a bad organization? Is it Blashill? Is it's it... on Blashill. Okay, David, you hearing this? No, no, I do. It, it, it sounds like he's developing a little bit into you know a little bit of a Detroit sports hater. I feel like, <laughs> like you know, the legacy of the hater lives on with you know uh, the main event. D- Dwayne Casey, he should get fired too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Gore, he could be fired. I mean, it, I have my, I, I have it, my it thoughts just... about Tom Gore's, and I. But it's not, it's not just because, of, and it's not really the product that he's put that the Pistons have on the floor that has me. Oh, there we go. There's a, there's another issue with Gore's I have that's it doesn't relate to the product he puts on the floor. I mean, that's just you. I mean, I just the just, just trying to fire people. I just don't understand firing people. Is it just makes you feel good if they get the pink slip? I don't understand this. 
It's I mean, what, what is it? What is it? What does it solve? I mean, who who's in? Unless you're firing somebody, kind of like Xavier basketball did with Travis Steele and bringing in Sean Miller. If you got somebody that's going to be really a great fit for the team and a great coach, I can understand the firing. But if if you don't have anyone in plan to help bring out your plan, you're just bringing in Joe Blow. What's the point of firing the person? Well. That's on Steve Eiserman to make that decision. So then how long are you going to give Steve Eiserman? Because I know he's got the credibility that he so he has. I mean, what about if it's another couple of seasons where the Red Wings are just outside the playoffs? You're going to fire him or it's going to be organization's fault? I mean, I know Steve, you like I think is gonna Steve, I think, is going to actually do his homework and not bring in some um, clown like Bob Quinn did with Patricia. It sounds like to me that you, you, you got that Detroit love for Eisenman. It's it's okay. I mean, it's great for you to do that. But, I mean, when is the responsibility going to be on Eisenman? I mean, you're saying he's got credibility. I know you love the captain and everything like that. But it sounds like, this is sound like it's no different than any other GM that's been running the Pistons. Remember Joe Dumars, you, you just basically because most of the Well, because most of the other GMs in this town before Eisenman – have all been clown shows. I don't know about Joe Dumars being a clown show. I mean, he did in the latter ha- the latter half of his career, he turned into a clown show. Yeah, I think he made a couple of d- decisions that made. <laughs> yeah, like bring Allen Iverson. No, I don't think Allen Iverson was really a bad situation there. That, that wasn't bad. Um, yeah, they stayed, it they were still, it, ca- it it blew up in his face. I don't think it blew up in his face. I think that what blew up in his face was maybe getting Josh Smith. I think that yeah, Allen that Iverson was- wasn't really because they were still competitive. Um, I think and there then was the some second loyal, half of the season he was sent home. You know, I think the loyalty to Chauncey Billups, he didn't understand that. But I do think Stan Van Gundy might have been not the right coach with some of the pieces he was bringing in. But you can, can't, it, you got to admit, the Pistons bringing home a championship was something that you wanted. But it just makes me wonder, like, you know, what, what do you want here, Frank? It's like you can't be pleased. Every time we talk about this, you can't be pleased. So if Blaschel will fire him, we'll bring in the next guy, and then I'm sure the Red Wings next year will probably be ninth, eighth, probably trying to play into that, and then it'll be who else's fault? Then it'll be the star player's fault. He needs to be traded. What? So are you going to have the same mindset with the Chicago Bears and Matt Eberflus? Me? Yeah. He brought him in. you got to give him an opportunity. Um I didn't really think that Nagy was at fault, but a lot of Bears fans did. I I, I just think well, there's, there's no talent. back to what I said. There's no talent. Somebody had... There's no talent. The, the offensive line was atrocious with the Bears. We all saw that. Yeah, I mean, and they, well, it was also due to Ryan Pace being a clown show of a GM. I mean, I mean, if you really think about it, not really, because we look at Allen Robinson. He's going to get paid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. He's going to get paid. A lot of, a lot of Bears. Khalil Mack. That wasn't bad until the injuries happened. Maybe he gave up a little bit too much for Khalil Mack, but for the short term, it worked out a little bit. I think he went in a little bit too much on Mitch Trubisky when mm-hmm. there was other guys he could have went with in, inside that draft. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, but you know, some of those things happened. But there was some things with the Bears that. You know, one or two pieces fall a certain way, and the Bears are totally different. I mean, think about it. Matt Nagy, what was what is it? He was there five seasons, and four out of the five years he got to the playoffs. Won a playoff game, I believe. Oh, uh, weird. Because I won the division. 
So I mean, I don't really think that it was really. I think uh, oh, well, the year he won the division, that was the they year lost to the Eagles, I believe. Yeah, because Cody Parkey couldn't hit the broad side, side of a barn. Yeah, but once again, that, that goes with <clears throat> the performance on the field. But <clears throat> I mean, defense was stout. I but then again, though, I don't was I do I think it was Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. No, I think it was the organization. The Bears and the Lions will never win as long as they have who they're running it, running those organizations. So I can't see you can sit there and fire this coach, hire this coach, whatever. You're going to get the same results. It is what it is. As long as Virginia McCaskey is the owner of the Bears, I think that that's going to be the downfall. And I do think also that Ryan Pace wanted to do certain things with the organization and he was stopped because the ownership didn't want to allow, allow him to do that because their mantra is running the ball and playing great defense because that's what Papa Bear did. So sometimes you're handcuffed like that. Hmm. But I'm not like you where I got to go on a rant of saying guys need to be fired, fired, fired. I mean, you just do it all the time. It's just like, geez, I don't think firing people always solves the problem. Hypothetically, if I was a Bears fan, I would basically just say that uh, the McCaskey family needs to sell the team. Yeah, they they should. They're probably not, and that's something that you can't control. The owners are the just owners. Just like the, I think the Ford family needs to sell the Lions. Mm-hmm. And then in Washington with Dan Snyder. I mean, mm-hmm. but to sit up there and just well, say— Well, uh, that's also because uh, Dan Snyder is toxic. Right. But like I said, I mean, I just think if you fire Blaschel, what is that really going to do to improve this team? Gets a new voice in the locker room. Guys play better. But just because it says the new voice doesn't guarantee he's going to play better. Well, that's where Steve's got to go out and find guys. He can't. Be, I, tr- I trust Steve well enough where he's not going to do what Bob Quinn did when oh, okay. he was running the lines. He's going to go actually do his homework. I mean, heck, he had to. F- Steve has fired coaches before. When he was in Tampa, he fired Guy Boucher midseason and, and then brought in. Some guy named John Cooper, who has led the Lightning to to multiple championships. Okay. 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 So Steve's got to go. Steve's going to go out and find the guy. Right. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I hope he brings Vince McMahon in to deliver that message to Blaschel. Yeah, you got to be overly dramatic. Uh, David, last words here, and we'll keep we'll get moving. Yeah, I just think at the end of the day. If you have a plan in place, you just kind of have to stick it out. I commend coaches that want to stick to the fire because that not only shows ownership, it also instills a trust in your players. Like, hey, he's not going to run when Fleet hits the fan. He's actually going to build with us. And so I think that that does wonders for not just young players, but uh, the moxie in the locker room. But, you know, time, time will tell. And I'm sure that at the end of the season, we'll revisit this and. Then in the offseason, around draft time, yeah, just stick to the plan. Yeah, that's what I said. Stick to the plan. That's what we got going on there. My belief is you can stick to the base of the plan, but sometimes you got to make adjustments along the way. Okay. Well, this is a great instrumental. I hate you because I swear you hate every coach. Actually, I don't. Yes, you do. I, do, I don't fire hate Fire this hey, guy. I, hey, fire that guy. Let it be known that I actually like A.J. Hitch. Okay. Okay, but I'm sure that narrative will change if the line, if the if the Tigers don't do well. You'll be talking about the fire him. Well, look, I'm I'm not really that confident in Al Avila as GM, but I like what I like how they performed under Hinge last year, given the fact that he had uh, not much in terms of a roster. Her guys right. went out and competed. All right. 
David, what time you got to leave? One thirty. Okay. Well, that will be done by then. Uh, up next, Catholic School League. I want to hear your thoughts on this. So we'll take a quick commercial break. You're listening to eighty-eight point three WXUTs. After further review, no, we don't hate you, as Frank likes to hate on all the coaches in Detroit. Some coaches. <laughs> You'll fire that guy and bring in the new guy. I, I just remember Jim Caldwell. You just went up and down about how bad of a coach he was, and look who replaced him. Because he made bad in-game decisions. But he was better than Patricia, right? I'll admit that. Okay. Yeah, so that Patricia was just a clown, right? That just did, it just proves to you that sometimes. And I don't, don't, and I don't, and I don't hate, da- I don't hate Dan Campbell either. Because look, guys actually go, because guys actually will go out and play for him. We'll see what happens next season. Probably after the third game, if they're zero and three or one and two, you want him fired too. I mean, like I said. That's, that's your mood. Take a quick commercial break. We'll be back after this on 88.3 WHTs. After further review, make sure you check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. WHTs after further review with the picture of Frank Vashner and the horse's head. We did that for a reason because a lot of times he has his takes and they don't age well. And sometimes he has to wear the horse's head. When we return, Toledo teams playing in Michigan. Hmm. 